0: Welcome to Tomorrow's Tech Today, bringing you the latest in technology, talent, and transformational change. With me, your host, Professor Sally Eaves. Hi everyone, I'm Professor Sally Eaves and a very warm welcome to this Tomorrow's Tech Today video special, all focused on security. I think it couldn't be a more timely topic. New research just out has shown that cybercrime costs are increasing. In fact, they're poised to grow by 15% year on year over the next five years, something like a $10.5 trillion cost annually by 2025. And actually, if you look into the detail, this is now the greatest transfer of economic wealth in history. Quite staggering. So it's creating risk incentives around innovation and investment alongside this. But we can do something about it. So let's look at what we can do to overcome these external threats, but also insider ones and how, and actually create something of shared value, change a narrative on security for something that's actually the source of value, source of trust, sort of committed advantage as well. So let's explore these challenges and the support available today. And to do that, I'm delighted to be joined by Vivek Badandri, who is Senior Director of Product Marketing, Network, and Security at VMware. Welcome, Vivek.
1: Thank you, Sally. Thank you for the warm welcome, and I'm looking forward to our conversations.
0: Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you. So I always love to start just to get to know a little bit more about you, you the person behind the tech, so to speak. So could you explore a bit more about your current role, your journey to that at VMware? I think it inspired many of our audience today.
1: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Happy to do that. You know, wow, it feels like such a long time ago when I started my career. You know, it was um, as a software engineer, hands-on software engineer, building software and products and you know, this was takes me back to the the pre dot com sort of bubble, right? When we were building custom software, helping businesses establish their presence presence online. You know, so I went from there, and you know, working across different sort of companies and technology areas. You know, having worked in the Greater Washington D.C. area for about ten years, I had an opportunity to move to the California coast, right in the San Francisco Bay area. And, you know, just not only because of the vibrant energy and the innovations, you know, hub that it is, but also just the fantastic weather that we are blessed with and all the outdoor, great outdoor opportunities. So we moved here. And in 2008, you know, as I was, uh, you know, if you remember that we had that major financial crisis all over the globe, and it seems like everybody had stopped buying anything, right? Like people were losing jobs, hiring was on a freeze. One of the things I noticed in my conversation with customers was security was one of the last areas that was really being you know, canceled in terms of projects or initiatives because it's just so important. And that's when a light bulb went off in my head, like, wow, this security is such a dynamic, important area for customers. And you know, obviously this was early days, so the nation state and geopolitical tensions and all the attacks were just sort of continuing to grow and rise. And that convinced me to sort of move more into the security space, you know, I started my security journey with Cisco, managing products, and through different stints, you know, I landed at VMware, continuing my sort of journey in, in the security, cybersecurity space, you know, having most, mostly worked in product management and product marketing roles, leading a portfolio of security products. And, you know, I thoroughly have enjoyed that journey so far, and I'm grateful to be here. That's
0: amazing. I think you've got better weather than I have. with in London at the moment as well. So congratulations. <laughs> it's a great journey. And I'd love to now kind of transfer a bit more to really focus into our main subject area drilling into security. I think you mentioned that word dynamic and you're absolutely spot on you know the scale the scope the sophistication of these security threats is increasing I think we've got this age of convergence in many ways as well in terms of threats coming together you know, even things like bad actor collaboration you know, IOT supply chain vulnerabilities I think you could go on and on even cloud washing areas like that as well so with all these threats and challenges new ways of working the centralized ways of working as well you know bring your own device all of these things are affecting organizations at the moment but you're doing some incredible work you know, from a technology point of view but also an education one as well to counter some of these threats so i'd love to kind of drill in first to look at what vmware is doing around security innovation around keeping customers safe from these cyber attacks now we've got this landscape i've described already i think ransomware right there top of the list as well what are yeah. you seeing is the key challenges and what are organizations struggling with the most so how are you helping to, to address those
1: yeah no that's a great question, and- You know, boy, that is so right. Like, you know, organizations are grappling with these growing challenges. And, you know, at a point where we feel like, you know, two decades in, and we would have had a much better handle on the threats and the way the attacks have evolved in terms of defending our organizations. But the attack landscape has gotten so much more complex because, you know, we have all become so much more distributed. Organizations are distributed, as you called out, uh, Sally, right? So, uh, you know, users are everywhere. We're working from, you know, we're no longer necessarily going into our offices. We perform work wherever we are from multiple devices, right? Our apps are sitting in multi-cloud infrastructure today. We're consuming SaaS-based apps, and you know, our our own uh, sort of private apps are deployed across multiple clouds. And largely, these applications have evolved, and you know, moving from monolithic to these microservices-based architectures. All these have contributed to the increase in attack surface, and thereby just creating a greater challenge for organizations to defend this uh, sort of attack surface. Now, VMware, you know, at VMware, we're really onto our third chapter of a uh, of journey as a company. Our first chapter was really around, you know, the virtualization platform, enabling enterprises globally to have that truly elastic scale compute platform for application deployment and, and, and all of that stuff. So that was a virtualization journey. Chapter two was really around delivering a full private cloud, right? That was the more SDDC software defined data center with not only just compute storage, manageability of the private data center. Now we are in a third journey, what we are calling it as the multi cloud journey. As organizations globally have embraced multi cloud, and that's just what it has become, you know, we are really sort of focusing on ensuring our customers can embrace this multi cloud platform in a way that we can provide consistent experience for the application developers for you know for things like manageability connectivity and security right and from a security perspective you know we are focusing on delivering innovation in the areas where we have an intrinsic we can provide an intrinsic advantage to our customers through our platforms now keep in mind, VMware, you know majority of the workloads in the private cloud are running on VMware platforms, and uh, you know that puts us a great you know sort of responsibility for us to be able to make sure we can enable the right security controls. and that's where really we are focusing from an innovation perspective is delivering capabilities across key areas like users, networks, workloads, devices, for our customers where we have a very large footprint. And delivering security capabilities in a modern way where it simplifies customers' security architecture and helps them get better security out. Because, as we said, it's a complex landscape. Our customers are grappling with talent shortage and being able to operationalize all these security tools that are being thrown at them. right? So that's, that's really where we are focusing on.
0: I love those points there about the enablers along the way. So that reducing of complexity, that consistency, and looking at the experience as well. I think that's such an important point. So I love that. kind of was three pillars there that underpin all this great work, which is fantastic. And it leads me on to another area, that zero trust. I think it's one of the biggest kind of, kind of talking points of, of our time at the moment. But I also think it's one that's hugely misunderstood, sometimes miscited as well. I actually wrote about that recently. And thank you for reacting to that article today. I, I really appreciate that. That was, it was a very really good fun.
1: article, by the way. I loved thank it. It's very well written
0: thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And kind of my emphasis on there was, you know, looking at the practice of zero security, not looking at a product. And one of the quotes I put, and I'll refer to this for the audience today. So you do not flip a switch or take a pill to become zero trust. You can't simply install or buy from a single vendor. It's an ongoing journey. It's not a destination. So that was the ethos I wanted to bring to the fore. I just love your take on this. You know, Do you think it's time for zero trust to be redefined, for example? And what are your key drivers for embedding this approach and advising that to
1: customers? Yeah, no, I think, you know, as we talked about, right, given the sort of transformations the enterprises are dealing with, right, those three major transformations of apps are modernizing, the infrastructure has gone multi-cloud and users are everywhere. I think it absolutely begs a new approach to security, right? Because we are seeing these attacks continuing to use creative ways, exploiting vulnerabilities and, operating within our networks and environment and, you know, all these ransomware as a service and things like continue to wreak havoc. And so it requires fundamentally a new approach. And that is why we are seeing zero trust gain such a momentum as a philosophy and an approach to security. Because zero trust effectively, you know, assumes that you already have an attacker in your midst because we have distributed that traditional approach of we having just perimeter security and saying everything outside is untrusted and everybody inside is trusted and everything can be accessed freely, that doesn't hold true anymore, right? And so the mindset and the philosophy is you already have somebody that is unwelcome within your network, right? You have an attacker operating. And so, you know, what are the capabilities and security controls you would put in place that would block that unwelcome guest from accessing resources and only allow legitimate access. And that really is the core of the heart of zero trust. And we have embraced it in a way where we continue to deliver those capabilities. As you rightfully said, Sally, it's not a single solution. And unfortunately, we see in the market, there's a lot of zero trust washing going on as well. You know, it is a philosophy, it's an approach and it's a set of capabilities. And we are focusing on delivering capabilities to our customers which are going to be just a natural fit in a lot of our platforms because we have such an intrinsic understanding of not only the users given our footprint with our end user devices and manageability platforms, but more importantly, also the workloads, right? A lot of these workloads that are running on our platforms, we have a very unique and intrinsic understanding of all these different workloads and applications and their inner workings. we can deliver the controls for our customers to make it easy for them to sort of get on this journey of zero trust and accelerate it as they continue to secure their environments.
0: Fantastic. I love that. I love that holistic approach you've been talking about so far. And you mentioned about how we make this happen. And I was talking recently about kind of three pillars. I love talking in pillars. So I was describing about continual verification. You already touched on it, moving from users to workloads, and also the evolution as well, of security operations. I wonder if you could touch on each of those a little bit, but your perspective there at VMware and how you're actualizing those three elements.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I think you know, just continuing on that theme of zero trust, we see uh, you know a lot of confusion. Customers are confused because everyone is sort of putting out a framework and, and sort of different you know set of capabilities from you know zero trust perspective. But like as we discussed in the previous comment, right? It, the heart of it, you have to enable the controls in a way where there are two primary areas and a thing that you need to do for your security operations guys. So the first area, really, from a technology perspective, the Before we even get into technology, actually, let me backtrack and say, I think, and Sally, you've been a huge proponent of this. The people, the process, and the culture are an equally important aspect of this. So you have to effectively take all those things into account as you embark on the zero trust journey, right? And then from a technology perspective, you know, the first thing is about securing the user access, no matter where the users are, what devices they're coming from, ensuring you can put in the right controls to verify the user you know, make sure it's a valid device, and you know the user has access to the resource that they're looking to access in any infrastructure. So that's secure user access. The second aspect is securing the workload access, right? This is an area that most organizations, you know, don't realize is an equally important aspect. So many end up just focusing on identity and multi-factor authentication. While that is foundational and important, securing the workload access is equally important because that's where the crown jewels are, really. Right? I mean any compromise to my endpoint or just my credentials is not going to cause damage by itself but if it is used to effectively you know gain access to resources and intellectual property that can be the locked up by ransomware for extortion or exfiltrated that's where the damage happens so securing workload access uh, is an equally important aspect and then finally for the security operations team providing them with the right context it's such a dynamic distributed environment and so having that visibility from all these sources in a way where they can correlate and truly figure out where the malicious activities or attackers operating within the environment becomes very critical. And so the ability to feed these right context and input to the SOC teams uh, to make their jobs easier and more effective is equally important. So that's how we really start thinking about zero trust uh, from a VMware perspective and, and delivering it through our platforms. So yeah,
0: everybody listening and watching at the moment, What would you advise as, you know, the place to start? Because, again, I think you mentioned complexity earlier on. I think people can sometimes feel overwhelmed, you know, with where to start from and also how to benchmark that journey as well, particularly from the SMB kind of perspective. So what would you recommend there as starting points, help available, no milestone steps to set along the way to get buy-in as well?
1: Yeah, now, Zero Trust is such a broad set, as we said you know, in the previous uh, discussion point there in terms of the various aspects it needs to cover. I think you know, there is no cookie cutter or a standard approach to where you start. I think every organization is in a unique spot in terms of what capabilities and controls they already have in place and where the gaps are. So for from my perspective, the best starting point is, hey, first assess what the current status is, where the gaps are, identify the gaps, and create a plan to close those gaps. What are those different controls and capabilities that need to be activated, right? So from VMware perspective, we have capabilities across different platforms. For example, if customers are looking to beef up multi-factor authentication or enable secure access, we have our SASE solution that's built on top of a market-leading SD-WAN solution. Uh, You know, for workload, we have right from carbon black on the endpoint to our NSX firewalling stack, to ensure we can provide the best multi-cloud security and that east-west security. And then finally, to help our operations teams or the security operations team, you know, we have this EDR, endpoint detection and network detection and response that are feeding context and insights to the SOC teams. And we are basically supportive of a fully open ecosystem to really help with that extended detection and response vision, if you will, right, where we can work with a whole plethora of third-party tools and platforms that the SOCs uh, might already be using. So that's, in my mind, where the journey fits in, is start with assessing the gaps, identifying where you can sort of, you know, know, start filling those gaps and, and leverage the capabilities of the platforms that you have in place, and then fill them up with additional tools if needed. Because... You don't want to be just throwing many more tools in the environment. There's a lot of innovation in the security industry, but unfortunately, when you have too many tools, it becomes very complex and it just has an opposite effect in terms of being able to secure because of the operational complexity of it.
0: I think that's a great point. Excellent. Excellent. And also supporting that as well. What I've really loved is the fact that not only are you helping organisations make those informed choices and that incremental approach to innovation you're describing there, I think is huge, but also I love the education and research piece you do as well. So one I noticed that it came out really recently as well was one focusing on the operating system. So looking at multi-cloud environments, for example, and you're really showcasing the three that sprung to mind for me as was malware, ransomware, and also crypto jacking that are really Targeting Linux-based operating systems at the moment, so I'd love if you could drill into that research piece because I think it will help a lot of people at the moment who are working in these environments.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely happy to. And you know, I'm glad you you looked and uh, saw the report, Sally. So we recently released our VMware threat researchers across the company. You know, came together and researched based on our customer environments. You know, what are the kind of threats that are evolving? And we just recently published this in our threat report. That's accessible to everyone out there. But the key findings from this were, you know, obviously the Linux operating system has become the dominant operating system in the multi-cloud environment, right? It's overtaken uh, Windows, which was more dominant earlier. And because a lot of the traditional defenses have focused on the Windows environment, attackers are now beginning to attack these Linux-based systems, right, with malware focused on it to be able to exploit it, right? And it is causing a lot of challenges for private as well as government organizations in terms of the attacks that they are finding way into these and exploiting the Linux-based systems. Um, And they're using remote access tools, what is popularly called as RACs, to sort of move laterally within the environment and either deliver ransomware where, you know, you can sort of use it to lock up the assets and, and extort the clients for unlocking, or, Uh, deliver uh, sort of crypto mining tools, you know, crypto jacking, which is where you're really sort of delivering crypto mining, doing crypto mining by stealing compute cycles, right? And so that's really what the report findings have and sort of suggested best practices to focus on how you can look at at these kind of malware and defend yourselves against it by having the right controls down at the workload level within these Linux-based systems but also making sure that you're inspecting all that east-west traffic and looking for these attackers trying to move laterally within your environment.
0: Brilliant. And I'm going to go back to learning again. Again, implicit bias acknowledged because I do a lot of work in this space, as you mentioned, but I noticed this in your LinkedIn profile as well. You really were highlighting that power of learning for life in a continual learning. And for me, as we've touched on already, you know, people, cultural factors, skills, they're equally as important to technology and the success of any security program, frankly. So I'd love if we could share a bit more about the learning culture at VMware, how you're supporting education and awareness around security, and not just in tech-facing roles, but more broadly as well, you know, it is a shared responsibility. So I'd love to hear how you're doing that internally, but also how you're, you know, helping clients with this as well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great question, Sally. And yes, I am. Um, lifelong learner. I mean, there's just so much wealth of knowledge and wisdom out there that there's, there's just never enough time to go keep learning. Uh, but at VMware specifically, and then when we talk about security, you know, there there has been, uh, for example, I'll give you an example. We, it's a very sort of employee-centered culture, and from a security perspective, we recently our IT teams and leadership launched a program what we call as Beyond Zero Trust. So it's not only just embracing the right technology and tools to better secure an environment, but also bringing in the people, the process, and the culture as part of that approach in terms of how we can collectively make this happen. Now, keep in mind, because of VMware's position where you know, large majority of the workloads and critical data is running on VMware infrastructure globally. It is, you know while that is a great position to be in, but it also brings a large responsibility on us as a company to make sure that we can continue to earn and build the trust with our customers and deliver the right security across our products and solutions. And so this Beyond Zero Trust program that we have launched internally within VMware uh, really aims to do that. It not only looks to secure our own networks and environments, but also making sure we have all the right best practices within our solutions and platforms and the processes you know, that are basically directly touching our supplier ecosystem, our customers, so that we can continue to earn that trust every day.
0: Fantastic. And trust you, are absolutely right. It's kind of the biggest currency of our time, isn't it? And in fact, you know, Mm -hmm. research from groups like Edelman, kind of 17 years now, and I noticed their latest iteration, it was saying that effectively tech companies and leading businesses are more trusted now than, for example, governments or even NGOs. So that leadership responsibility you mentioned is absolutely critical. So it's fantastic to see you really emphasising that. It's brilliant to see.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Pleasure. Pleasure. And so perhaps we can also touch on a little bit more about experience. So kind of relating back to one of your answers earlier, that experience of managing security is hugely significant as well. So one of the things I'm looking forward to, you know, heading to MWC in Barcelona in just under two weeks now, um, I would love to look, uh, you know, in person exploring the Anywhere workspace. Because I think that's a real step change in helping to do that management of experience better. What if you could share a bit more about what that looks like?
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think... You know, our anywhere workspace is one of our three core pillars at VMware in terms of the, the solution that we are focused on in terms of delivering those capabilities to our customers. So what we have been able to do, you know, from a user perspective, we have a very sort of broad footprint there in terms of the capabilities we provide on the end user devices. Right. So right from identity and federation to enabling the manageability of those endpoint devices we are the market leader in that space. Now, we also have platforms like the virtual desktop infrastructure, the VDI environment, which is our Horizon sort of product suite. Uh, and so those really are the end user environments. But now these users are connecting and accessing and doing applications in you know, across multiple clouds. And so for that, we have our market-leading SD-WAN solution, right, which effectively ensures that there's that most optimal End user connectivity to the resources, providing really uh, the best end user experience possible. Now, what we have done starting about a year and a half ago is effectively evolved our SD-WAN platform to a full secure access service edge, basically beefing it up with the right security and access controls in there uh, to deliver truly the secure access service edge, or what's popularly called a SASE, to enable not only just the most optimal connectivity, but also provide the right security, right? So right from user authentication and identity federation to access controlled resources and providing additional security capabilities across these, what we call as points of presence. So what we have done effectively is taken the traditional approach of a DMZ. Sally, if you remember a lot of the times in the past, we have all had to VPN in into an environment before we could access an application, even if that application was sitting in some other environment. Now, that hub and spoke model is not the most efficient way. And with our Anywhere workspace solution, what we have done is we have basically distributed out that DMZ into 150 plus points of presence globally, ensuring that a user can connect and access the resource through these POPs that is most closest to them, right? From a network latency perspective with all the security services, as well as additional services, we are including for example, edge computing, right? That's quickly gaining. It's one of those bleeding edge things right now where it's becoming popular for certain latency sensitive applications. Like, let's just say for fun, like even the gaming stuff, right? You know, it is very latency sensitive and having edge compute is, is useful there, just as an example. So, so, it not only has edge compute, but security, like web security, firewalling, access policy, identity and federation, ZTNA, all baked into these distributed POPs. And that's really our. You know, on the whole, right from productivity to security and connectivity is what our Anywhere workspace solutions, you know, deliver for our customers.
0: Yeah, Hopefully I think you would. get to
1: see some demos while you're out there in Barcelona and, and enjoy enjoy some time out there as well.
0: Oh, I'd love to. Honestly, yes, it's definitely one of the top things on my agenda. So I will be doing that. I love to get hands on with things. And I think what you were describing there is kind of three words front to mind as well. Embedded by design, all those different elements you were talking about, they're all baked in, which I think is fantastic. And again, it helps reduce those complexity issues we talked about earlier, brings consistency, supports integration. So I think it's a great advance forward. So I will definitely be hands on with that. Absolutely. I'd love to kind of move on to a different area, which again, really close to heart. You know, I run a nonprofit as well, um, you know, a sideline of mine, but one that's so close to heart, which is all around kind of democratizing access to opportunity and really kind of changing the narrative, if you will, about what a tech career looks like. So building that diversity of experience in the industry, I think that's hugely significant in the cybersecurity space. You know, gaps are growing. Um, There's been an effect from the pandemic around that as well. So what do you think we can do to better close a diversity of experience and talent gaps in the sector at the moment, to encourage more people in? And again, yeah, very close to heart. So I'd love your thoughts on that. I was speaking to your colleague, Amelia, about this the other day, and I know you're doing some great work to support it.
1: Yeah yeah and Sally you've been a great proponent and a voice behind that so thank you for taking on that charter and and you know putting your voice behind it. You know I think in the last couple of years of this whole sort of change and crisis diversity equity and, and inclusion has remained a key norm, you know business priority for for us at VMware and in many ways we have been able to move faster right we just talked about the anywhere workspace solution Now, what this Anywhere Workspace really and these solutions and technology has enabled us to do is really tap into talent no matter where they are located, right? It's no longer constrained with the hours and and the location in terms of, uh, you know, where we need people. And so the ability to sort of leverage these technologies to really close the gap and ensure we can embrace DEI has been a huge factor for not only us as a company, But as a solution provider, helping all our customers and organizations to leverage that and and embark on a similar journey and get similar results. We continue to believe that technology can play a key role in this area. Now, certainly, we internally have lots of education and enablement programs. And so that remains critical. And you couple that with technology, you've got a winning formula, right? And that's where we're really focusing on. You know, with, with our DEI efforts, we are really redefining the workplace of the future. You know, some of the internal goals. And we actually recently, we VMware published a report, what we call as our 2030 goals report. And one can find that online there. And the key focus area of that is really around DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and environmental and accessibility goals. And we are well on our journey with really good progress along that we have hit many of our metrics for 2021 on the DEI front. You know, all our people, managers are held accountable for that, from education to processes. And we are well on our way But by 2030, we want to be able to make sure that, you know, for every man that we're hiring, there is a woman that we're hiring and we have enough representation, equal representation at all leadership levels of, of the full diversity of the spectrum, right? So it's really exciting and I'm really blessed and grateful to be in a place where our culture as a company is so employee-centered and so embracing of uh, diversity that allows us to create a much more stronger organization at the end. And I hope that we continue to see, and i see in this in many of my other peer organizations globally, that a lot of the companies are embarking on that similar journey. And so I'm very hopeful that we'll be in a much better place as we continue along here in the next few years.
0: Absolutely. I think one of the positive things to take out of the pandemic is you know, i'm going to reuse that word contagion and make it a positive one so it's more of a contagion of positive change i would say now around areas that once maybe a little bit more periphery in terms of discussion they're now absolutely embedded in center stage it's great to see that and the 2030 report that you mentioned i'll share links to that as well because what i really love about that is not just the transparency and the commitment that's mentioned there it's the measurability and the accountability alongside your targets as well i think it's a great example for people to look at so i'll definitely be sharing that so thank you for bringing that up as well it's a great Point. I've got one final question and you've teed me up with that perfectly by mentioning that particular phrase. So, you know, I saw again very recently um, VMware has won across three, I'm um, sorry, across nine categories, even at the 2022 Cybersecurity Excellent Award. So congratulations on that. I think it's fantastic. And I'd love to know just your final takeaway about, you know, what has enabled that? What is actualizing that success? And there's a final question if we have time as well. You know, if we can come back to this conversation maybe later in the year, there's one innovation in the space you'd love to see. What would that be? You know, how can we actualize
1: that? Yeah. No. And thank you very much for, for that. I mean, certainly, we, you know, we feel uh, grateful to have been recognized for all our security solutions across those nine different categories. You know, a large percentage of this is really because of the innovation that our product teams have been able to deliver, right? And again, our true north star here, our goal is to sort of deliver security capabilities for our customers that simplify the security architecture, simplify the operations, and help them get better effective security with a modern approach, right? We have really embraced a software-based approach right from our very start as a company, and we continue to reflect that in all our security solutions. I think a lot of this innovation and, and you know, that has really led to not only customers embracing us wholeheartedly out there, but we're getting recognized with some of these awards is you know, I'll give you an example, some of the capabilities with VMware's platforms having a pretty broad footprint out there, the hypervisor, the virtualization layer. We have been able to build in some very advanced security controls right there within the hypervisor, whether it is workload protection with a carbon black platform, or it is firewalling, distributed firewalling with you know, capabilities to identify threats using behavior and signature-based techniques right within the hypervisor. And it becomes super easy for customers to activate these capabilities without having to make network changes or having to deploy agents. You don't have to deal with any of those things. And it effectively ends up delivering operational simplicity for customers. And so I think a lot of that has really been responsible for us being recognized for this. Now, as we look forward, one of the things where we are driving towards is we talked about modernizing the security operations center and arming these teams with the right context. So with our sort of unique visibility, right, and context that we have on all these strategic locations, right, from users and devices with our Anywhere workspace solutions to the workloads with our Carbon Black, as well as on the network with our NSX solutions. You know, we have this NDR, Network Detection and Response and Endpoint Detection and Response areas. We're effectively feeding all of these into the security operations center, right, and what, you know, and arming them with the right context and insights to really help them achieve this extended detection and response, right? So that's what we are beginning to deliver, is really delivering that XDR vision for our customers that embraces an open ecosystem, right? So the SOC team is already using a bunch of SIM, SOAR, and other homegrown tools. And so the ability for us to strongly play with this ecosystem and integrate with this ecosystem is the approach we are taking. And that's going to continue to drive innovation for us as we sort of look at the coming year
0: honestly, thank you so much. What a deep dive. I think right across different elements of security, what I loved about this is it's been that combination, that holistic integration across technology, but across culture, across education and skills, and how we bring those different elements to come together. And I think that enablement opportunity is absolutely huge. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure to discuss with you.
1: Thank you very much, Ali. I really enjoyed our conversations. I think you had some fantastic questions in there. It certainly was very thought provoking and hopefully you know, our listeners will enjoy it as well. So thank you again.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. And for everyone watching as well, we'll be following up with some of the notes um, in the YouTube link as well. So you can follow on some of the reports and case studies we've mentioned too. So thank you all for joining us as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tomorrow's Tech Today. If you enjoy what we're doing, please subscribe to us and leave a review. It really means a lot. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and see more behind-the-scenes video footage on YouTube. Thanks for listening.